Welcome to Not in a Huff with Jackson Huff, where we interview newsmakers, storytellers, and all-around interesting people. Sit back, relax, uh, unless you're driving, and enjoy the show. Here's Jackson. Hello, hello, hello. I am Jackson Huff. This is Not in a Huff. Thanks so much for joining me. As always, really appreciate it. This week, I'm interviewing Catherine Smith. Now, Catherine's also known as Killa Kate. I'm interviewing somebody who is a professional wrestler. Now, let's get this out of the way right in the beginning. I am not a quote-unquote wrestling fan. I, I tell her about it, but I liked wrestling when I was a, a kid, and uh, I, I liked it when I, I think that my mom didn't want me to watch it, and then as soon as I was able to watch it, I think the allure wore off, and uh, <laughs> and I didn't watch it as much, so my knowledge is, is 20 years old, so this comes from somebody who just likes to learn about interesting professions. I've, you know, I've interviewed ballerinas, I've interviewed pet psychics, I've interviewed uh, magicians, all kinds of people that have interesting professions, and that's what I consider professional wrestling, so this is not a wrestling podcast, we're not going to get into the nitty-gritty of, uh, you know, the wrestling world when it comes to you know, matches that have happened and all that kind of stuff. What we're going to talk about is what it takes to be a professional wrestler, what it looks like to train, what the performance art aspect of it is, because it is a, a choreographed thing. It is kind of a an entertainment uh, sport, and we talk a lot about if wrestling is a sport and all of this, but uh, Catherine was really, really awesome to talk to about all of the different aspects of being a professional wrestler she is somebody who has a a day job and then she travels in the evenings on the weekends and holidays those type of things and competes in wrestling events she has two different names she's going to talk about that we talk a lot about killer kate that is the one that she uses kind of on the independent circuit wrestling in in all kinds of different areas she's also featured um, on wow which is women of wrestling uh, which is a TV program. It's on the CW app. It also airs on a lot of different uh, local networks across the country. So we're going to talk all about the world of, of professional wrestling, all the way from her passion to how she books uh, herself, how she trains, how she juggles being a data analyst and then also a wrestler too. Uh, I think you're going to really enjoy this one, even if you're not a wrestling fan, just to learn about it. An interesting profession, the world of professional wrestling. So here is Catherine Smith. I'm here today with Catherine Smith, aka Killa Kate. How are you, Catherine? I'm doing great. How are you? Good, good. Hardest question of the whole evening. Just introduce yourself. Uh, my name is Catherine Smith. Uh, I'm a professional wrestler as my profession, uh, as well as I'm also a data data analyst in you know for my regular job as well. <laughs> so I kind of do two different things at the same time, and it's a lot to juggle. Yeah, I bet. And I want to I want to get into both of those things here in a moment. But let's kind of start at the beginning. And how did you how did you develop this love slash passion for for wrestling? Uh, it actually started in high school. I wasn't a fan from the very beginning. Like you know, I didn't grow up with wrestling stuff like that. I had to kind of find it through my own means. Um, I was literally just watching TV one day, stumbled upon it. Was like, what the heck is this? I have never seen anything like this in my life. This combination of athleticism and showmanship. And I'm one of those kind of people when I see something that I'm interested in, I have to know everything about it. So, Mm -hmm. of course, you start going, you know, on the internet, you start Googling everything, learning about it, trying to 
get every book, every source you can. And so the more I learned about it uh, during that time, I got really, really interested in it. And then started going to the local shows in the area, started going to some of the the TV events, live events that the, uh, the professionals had and stuff like that. And it was just something that I really wanted to do from that moment on. Yeah. Well, that's dangerous. I have a lot of things that I'm the same way. If I, if I start getting interested in things, I just like consume myself with that. I think I, I make those around me mad because that's all I can think about. So I, I understand that. I think it's kind of <laughs> interesting. You talked about how you got interested in this in, in high school. Mm-hmm. I kind of, here, here's my connection to wrestling was you're going to learn pretty quick. I know pretty much nothing about wrestling. This is definitely not a wrestling podcast. When I would, I would say, I don't know, eight to 10 back when like the WCW days in Goldberg and NWO, all the times when my mom would not let me watch wrestling and I would sneak and watch it. That's when I watched it. Once it was okay to watch, I feel like I it lost interest. So I, I, <laughs> I have not watched wrestling since I was like 10 years old, but so you, I mean, you got interested later on in high school. So it wasn't like you grew up watching, you know, I guess the 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 big players in the market at all huh uh, i wouldn't say so at that point in time wrestling was almost going through this kind of downturn as well in in popularity um with the masses it was kind of hitting it like a very it started transitioning from like kind of a pg-13 product to more pg and stuff like that mm-hmm. so it wasn't something that you could you know go to school and say hey did you catch raw last night and they would look at you weird so it was something that was more kind of just something that I liked but wasn't popular <laughs> at the time. So it's kind of odd that it found me that way and really connected with me. Um, but it, it was an odd time. <laughs> yeah. So let's let's break down you know this for the listener because last week was somebody that was in a, a cult. You know, I've had people that are actors. We talked to so many different people that I don't expect the listener to know mm-hmm. about any topic that I talk about. So when we're talking about this wrestling, we're talking about the stuff that's on TV, the stuff that, that you do, it's not the same wrestling as like what's in the Olympics. It's not college, like the college wrestling that you're seeing with, with they're wearing like the things over their ears, that kind of stuff. In your words, kind of describe what this wrestling that, that you're talking about uh, exactly is. It's, it's similar in that it comes from the same foundation. So it comes from catch as can wrestling, uh, professional wrestling draws very many aspects from that as well as amateur wrestling. They're both based on the same, you know, one competitor in a contest with another for, for, for pinfall. And, and basically that's what it comes down to, but where professional wrestling kind of differs from the amateur Olympic wrestling that is that it's definitely more of a showmanship. It's definitely more of a character driven story driven product. Uh, instead of completely athletic uh, base. It definitely is very athletic as well, but it pulls in all these elements to where it's almost a combative theatrical, you know, performance in a way. And it it definitely um, is very interesting how it kind of combines a lot of different areas. Yeah. And we'll talk a little bit more about that performance aspect here here in a moment, but just to talk about, something you already mentioned about how you got into this later on. What did your, mm-hmm. what did your family think of this? It's not like, it doesn't sound like you grew up in this big wrestling household that everybody was into it. What did they think when you were like, I'm going to try to pursue this thing? You know, they thought I was crazy, but to my parents credit, you know, for, I think for the longest time, they never thought I was serious about 
doing it on my own, but they've always been very supportive in no matter what I wanted to try. So they would take me to the shows and stuff like that. They would, they would try to enjoy it to the best of their abilities and stuff like that. But it, it didn't really hit them that I was going to be serious about it until I think I, I told them that I, I Hey, I signed up for professional wrestling school. And they're like, Oh, wait, what? We thought that was just a phase. You know, we, we were really glad you had fun with it, but we didn't think you were actually going to do it. And they were very concerned, hesitant, um, and all those things. But I think, think over the course of the, the years that I've been doing this, they have grown to be proud of what I've accomplished. And I think that's a really amazing tra trait for any parent to have is no matter what your kid enjoys, you can be proud that they have found something that they're passionate about. No, oh, absolutely. You know, I've talked to so many people and a lot of stories start with my parents thought I was crazy and now <laughs> look where I am. So I love that they're supporting yeah. you. That's, that's really, really awesome for sure. Let's talk a little bit about your, your journey. You decided to, to go to wrestling school. We can talk about that in a minute, but what was the, what was the journey? Like you, you said something interesting in, I guess, kind of the, the booking page. And that is you went from flea market wrestling to, um, to being on TV. I, I feel like I do some flea market wrestling too, but that's, you know, that's trying to get <laughs> the antique that I'm, I wanted. I think you're doing something a little different than that, right? <laughs> uh, you know, honestly, uh, very, not antique quite, but very many, uh, uh, sometimes Lucha wrestling events are held sometimes in, in those kind of venues or even smaller venues, you know, you never know where you're going to wrestle, honestly. And, it's kind of like I do equate it to very many like musicians and comedians is that you start off in those smaller venues, uh, less people, and you kind of have to work your way up throughout the system to get to those bigger events and stuff like that. And that's very much what professional wrestling is. You have to make a name for yourself to where people want to come see you. You know, they want to pay their hard earned money to to watch you perform. And it's taken me quite a, quite a while, quite a journey to get there. I didn't exactly just, I guess, start my, my, I wasn't like, Hey, I'm going to be a wrestler. And now I'm going to do this. I listened to all those people for a while who said it was dumb. I went the traditional route. I went to college, I got a job. And even though those things made me happy, I still felt like I wanted to do something different. I want to try something new. What, what could, what could also be exciting and stuff like that. And when I finally decided to like, you know, you said do something crazy, uh, it really changed my life for the better in that aspect. And it's been, I'm trying to think maybe six years now that it's taken me to kind of get to this point of uh, wrestling consistently on TV. And um, I'm still doing those smaller shows as well. You know, you're always grinding. You're always trying to get a bigger and bigger stage as well. So it's a process. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. What is the, what's the training look like when I started looking at, you know, people to, to reach out to seems like everybody like on their Instagram, I don't know if you do, you may be an exception, but everyone's like trained by such and such. Like everyone's like very proud of who they were trained by. So what's, mm -hmm. what's the wrestling training world look like? It's very different depending upon where you go, honestly, because, because some people it's learn as you go, like we'll throw, we'll throw you out there and you'll learn as you go. And, but a lot of times now it's very much more of a structured uh, schooling process. The more in the past, it was very much learn as you go. But now there's a lot more schools available with uh, head trainers who have done things in the past, who have been on those grand stages that are big names. 
And so people kind of wear that as like a, hey, I, I've been trained by such and such. That gives me reputability within the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of like going to a college or something like that with a big name. That, that's kind of what I would equate it to. Um, but it's definitely a grueling process, it, especially especially for me. It, it was going to work and then going to training. So how can you incorporate that into your everyday life? It took me about, I would say, a year of training before I officially graduated the program that I was in, which was the DFW All-Pro Wrestling Academy program. Uh, I was a part of their first official kind of class structure where we started with a group of people on the same level. I want to say there was maybe uh, six or seven of us who all started at the same time. And it, it was hard. It was training two days a week, sometimes more helping set up the shows and stuff before you even got to be on the show. You had to set it up, tear it down, sell tickets, do all the kind of behind the scenes stuff as well. But it it is a very hard process uh, in that you got to work on your diet now. You got to go to the gym now. Something that my coach said that has always stuck with me is that you can't change your life to fit around wrestling or you you have to change your life to fit around wrestling because wrestling will not fit around your life. And I think with any kind of passion that you have, if you want to be successful in it at a high level, you got to dedicate a lot of your time to it. And you can't just do it. You know, you have to set aside so much dedication to it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and when it comes to this training, what exactly are they do? Are they teaching you like you know, the moves and, and, you know, how to safely do things? Or are you working on, you know, you talked about how it's, it's two sides. It's, you know, the athletic side, and then it's also kind of the, the stage performance side do you work on that side too you know developing a persona or is it more just the actual technique it's a combination of both um the process that i went through a lot of the more performance side was kind of later on they very much start you off with you're going to work on your cardio very important thing you can't be getting tired when you're inside of that ring you can't look like you're about to you know (laughs) not be able to breathe inside that ring so cardio is a very important thing learning how to take the moves safely and execute the moves safely are the other stages that you also learn throughout the process. Very much like if you were doing um, stunt work and stuff like that, you're learning to break fall um, safely to where it's going to hurt, but it will be less broken bone situations, less torn muscle situations and stuff like that. So you learn how to take that stuff safely And then kind of once you start piecing the puzzle together of how do you create a match and stuff like that, you kind of start to dive more into, well, what would your character like to be, you know, Um, and stuff that comes along with that. So usually later on, because that's the part that people get most excited about, but it's definitely, you know, you got to do some of the harder stuff first before you get to the the fun stuff, they say. Yeah. And I was reading an article before we we talked, you know, just about the whole wrestling world and, and I guess kind of the, the performance aspects of it. And they were talking to, to several, you know, former wrestlers and they talked about just like you talked about, you know, things are, are going to hurt, whether it's choreographed or not, it's, you're still doing some very strenuous activity. They said this article, you know, I don't know whether it's, it's true or not, but it sounds cool. They said that like when, you know, people were examined by doctors even after one of these matches that 
are kind of designed to be safe. The, the wear and tear on somebody's body is the same as a minor car wreck. So you're still, mm-hmm. you're still, I mean, it, it's not for the faint of heart, regardless of whether, you know, it's quote unquote, everything is, is uh, actually happening that, that it looks like. So I thought that was interesting. How do you manage, I guess, the side of, of it to keep your body in tip top shape and ready? I mean, I feel like you can probably just sit back and with a, you know, a broken arm with your, with your data analyst job, but probably not if I can't get in the ring like that. No, definitely not. And like you said, it's kind of managing those injuries as they come, you know, whenever I'm hit with a more serious injury, it's about being able to say, Hey, you got to take some time off. You got to get better. You need to go to the doctor all through that process. But if, if it's stuff that's more manageable, like, um, you know, muscle strains or just aches and pains, those are things that oftentimes wrestlers just grin and bear it through it. Um, I would say um, that statement that you made about every time, you know, you fall, every time inside of a wrestling match, it's like a car accident. That is true. You know, Uh, we get more used to the falls, but they never hurt less is what I'll say. (laughs) Mm. Um, But it is a hard process. I I started incorporating yoga, um, massage therapy, uh, stretching more. That's something that I didn't do enough early when I was first starting, but now that I've been doing it for several years, I can definitely feel the wear and tear start to, to happen on my body. So taking care of it is very important, taking those precautionary steps and making sure you don't further injure yourself when you are injured as well is a very important thing. So, I mean, people listening to this, they they see that you're somewhere, they see Killer Kate somewhere. What, uh, I mean, in just a few words, and this is kind of a tough question, what what is that persona? I, I feel like you're probably not at this this meek, mild person that you are right now. <laughs> um, Killa Kate has morphed from. I feel like when I first started, it was very much this this mercenary type character who was very serious, who didn't talk a lot, very much like I am when I first meet people. I don't like to talk a lot, but nice. as I kind of open up, I talk a lot more. So now Killa Kate is more of a uh, I would say upbeat technician. I've started to incorporate some of my other hobbies in it as well. So sometimes I will be rapping in promos because that's one of my other uh, passions I've had for a while is a rapping. So sometimes I'll do that. So she's kind of more of a um, musician now, a technical musician is a <laughs> submission musician. Uh, it's what she's kind of morphed into. So uh, the character has changed, but you like to see that in characters of growth. Uh, other professional wrestling personas have changed over the years as well. People don't always say the same thing. They may say the same name, but they're constantly growing and adapting because you're performing for an audience that doesn't just quite want the same thing year after year. You got to change it up, you know? So that's what she kind of is now. <laughs> I like it. And before we started, you mentioned like this is, you made me kind of think, do you have more than one name? Is this the only name you wrestle under or do you wrestle under other names? No, I, I so on the independent scene, which is more like my own, I do my own um, booking for shows and stuff like that. Um, very much my own agent, I guess would be the, the best word to do it. I, I do everything on my own from, you know, merchandise to um, show bookings and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but on television for Wow Women Are Wrestling, uh, which is... Um, on, on the local stations kind of across the U.S. every Saturday. <laughs> uh, I wrestle as the character of BK Rhythm, 
which mm. is definitely that my rapping hobby amped up to a T. Um, so that's who I wrestle as on television. That <laughs> might be the the one that people would know more if it's on TV, right? Uh, I would say it, it definitely it's going to be kind of a mix. Um, I feel like some audiences will know one and some audiences will know the other, uh, depending upon their familiarity with different areas of wrestling. Some people are really into the independent scene because they see it as more of an underground product mm -hmm. while some people will watch, you know, wow, because it's an all women's promotion. So that may be something that interests them as well. So kind of depends on what people are watching for. Yeah. And let's, let's talk about that. The, what, what does wrestling look like, you know, as a, a female wrestler, is it something that you feel like there is, I guess, a quality and respect that, that, in all the same ways, because, and this could just have been, you know, 20 years ago when I watched wrestling, but I feel like the women's side of things was not super big yet. Talk a little bit about that. It's definitely progressed over the years since then. I feel like women have been given a, a bigger stage than being a kind of side act to, mm -hmm. to men as the main part of the show. Uh, we've had our all women's pay-per-views on TV on the bigger stages from the bigger companies. They have been main eventing. They have been, doing a great job. I would say one of the biggest things to me that beyond that is that there are more women's wrestlers overall um, mm. than before, you know. Uh, it's a thing that I love to see is women constantly getting into uh, this profession. And, you know, the only way that we'll get more matches on the cars is if there's more women in general. So getting to see that is really awesome. And I think it is being taken more seriously. And that is an amazing thing. Uh, I'm very glad to see it because even when I was starting to become a fan, it was maybe you might get one women's match uh, on a show. And now there are multiple matches on a show and even a whole show dedicated just to women. So getting to see that diversity within the product is a really amazing thing. Um, and I think it invites more people to to watch and be a part of wrestling also as well as they see themselves in those characters. Yeah, absolutely. Let's talk about women of wrestling promotion. How did you get involved with that? And then tell us a little bit more about what it is. I think it's on, you talked about how it's, it's on local stations. I think it might be on for everyone who doesn't have it on a local station. I think it might be on the CW app too, right? Yes, that's correct. Um, women of wrestling is an all women's wrestling promotion uh, created by David McLean, as well as co-owned by Jeannie Buss, who is in charge of the LA Lakers, the owner of the LA Lakers. And um, it's an amazing product. Um, David McLean was the creator of Glow. So that's kind of his lineage with women's wrestling. Uh, and they've been championing, championing <laughs> of that uh, women's wrestling is um, something that needs to be more seen and have more behind it over the years. And this is kind of a culmination of all those dreams. And um, it's just an amazing company to be with. I joined it through a tryout is actually how I got into it. Went through the tryout process. They were really into the kind of character and the kind of talent that, that I had, the experience. And that's how I joined on to that. And I've been with them for the past um, year and a half, I wouldn't want to say. Um, and they recently relaunched with some new seasons uh, about a year ago. So that's when I kind of joined on and we've been doing great ever since then. Yeah. How does it, w when it comes to actually the enjoyment side of things, do you enjoy the, the wrestling on, on TV aspect? I mean, I've, 
I've been involved in, you know, a lot of TV type things. And, you know, a TV concert is not really all that fun to go to for a lot of different reasons. So, uh, I mean, do you enjoy that, that side of things? Obviously the exposure getting, getting your name out there is, is well worth it, but is it as, as fun? I would say it's very different from the independent scene in that you're wrestling for the camera, you're wrestling for the audience that will be watching it from the television wall and the independent wrestling scene, a lot of the shows are filmed now, you know, for the internet and stuff like that. You're more so wrestling for the people there. So it's much more of a intimate experience um, when it's not for television because it's very much more reacting off of the crowd instead of, okay, I kind of know what they're looking for with the, with the television product and this is what I'm set to. So it, I wouldn't say it's more or less fun. It's just more... Um, I'm trying to think of the best word, less improvisational, maybe, or less, less for an audience, uh, a, a live in-person audience. Well, that, that makes sense for sure. Earlier, you talked about how when you first started getting into wrestling, it was kind of on a little bit on the downward swing. It was kind of not, not at the level that it was when 10 year old Jackson was watching it. I think, mm-hmm. I believe that it is picked back up, but where's, where's wrestling at today? Is it in at a good place? I would say it's in a very good place for the kind of environment we are in with the world today. I'll say that because there's so many more competitors for wrestling now. Like back when you were watching, uh, you know, it was cable TV, you know, that was kind of the main thing. Now you're competing with the internet. You're competing with a whole bunch of other possible things people could be doing with their time. So putting that into perspective compared to when I was watching, I feel like wrestling is doing tremendous in that it's a lot more positive reception from the casual audience, as well as I feel like the hardcore wrestling audience is a lot more happy with the product that's out there today and the the varied choices that they have. There's a lot more choices people have in what they want to watch and what they want to support, which I think is a great thing. Absolutely. So what would you kind of define the sp- I just almost said sport. So what would you define wrestling as? Do you, do you see it as a sport? Do you see it as a performance art? Where, where, what are we going to, and we don't necessarily even have to categorize it, but where, what do you see wrestling as? I mean, I think that's something that will vary between everybody you ask. And personally, I would see, see it as a, and I, I don't know, see, it's so hard. I would say like a, com- a com- combative performance and athletic performance. I understand some people might not agree with the word sport, but the athleticism cannot be downplayed. The amount of um, uh, physicality cannot be downplayed to where, okay, maybe sport is not the right word, but definitely uh, something with that in it needs to be taken into account as well as the performance. Uh, so I don't know. Athletic entertainment. I, I'm not. I'm not quite sure the the right word, but athletic entertainment <laughs> sounds good. I I like that, and I want. I guess I want to ask you too. Let's let's kind of talk about in the the Killer Kate world where you are, you know, booking your own thing. You're independent. You're doing all these different things. How do you? Obviously, you're you're kind of the champion of yourself, and you're the champion of your own story and you're the champion of your own character. How do you maintain the integrity? Because I if if you go to a an event and they're wanting you to do something that's not what Killer Kate would do. How do you maintain that integrity? Uh, it's it's very hard, and, and that happens a lot more often than you think because 
on the independence, every person, every company that you're wrestling for has a different vision um, and a very different idea of what they want for you um, and your character. So having to be an advocate for yourself is not something that I'm always great at. I'll be honest. Uh, I can definitely be a very vocal person, but I'm also very shy personally. <laughs> uh, that may not come across when you watch my wrestling, but it is true. So it's something that I've been working on, but it is something that you you have to do for yourself because no one else is going to do it for you. You know, wrestling, just like any other uh, entertainment industry, people step all over each other. You know, everybody wants to make it to the top. And though a lot of the people are nice, at the end of the day, they want to make it, you know, so they're not going to, you know, do 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 things for you without you advocating for yourself is the best way I can say it. You know, it is hard. Yeah, I'm sure it is. And we've kind of talked a little bit about, you know, the performance aspect of things. I'm going to make it a very open-ended question so you can answer it however you want, but kind of talk about the choreography of it all. Like whether we're talking about how, you know, that's managed, how that's planned, how you, how you're advocating for yourself in that, but, just a, a broad, broad question. Talk about the choreography of, of this, the, what is it? The athletic entertainment event that you did. <laughs> yeah, I, I think the, uh, the main, now that I think about it, the main word that like WWE uses is sports entertainment. So, you know, mm-hmm. they put it at the beginning, uh, yeah. but um, yeah. So with the, with the choreography aspect, I think it really varies between I've, I've had various, various circumstances. I've had circumstances where, you don't really know what you're doing before your music even even kind of plays. I've, I've had that to where, you know, you really just kind of have to improv in the moment to where I've had circumstances where it's been very a very structured choreography. It's It's been something that, you know, you kind of know the, the beats of everything that's going to happen. But even then, wrestling is, it, is very much a unpredictable beat because I've had situations where, Maybe something happens that you didn't expect to. Now you have to change your whole plan on the fly. And that is very hard to do. And that's one of the important kind of aspects that training and and, and using that experience and getting those reps throughout uh, different events and stuff like that can help you be ready for those moments. But you're not always going to be prepared for what happens or how an audience is going to react. You might expect Killa Kate to come out. She's supposed to be the good guy. Maybe they start to boo me. What do you do now? You know, so it, it can very much depend uh, on the company that you're working for. Also, it can very much depend upon what they want for you. Sometimes I've come to a show and they just say, here's kind of what we were thinking. Sometimes I'll go to a show and they say, whatever you want to do. I've had it both ways and it can it can be very, uh, a very. that's the very challenging part that I, I do like about wrestling is that you can kind of weave your own story within the parameters that you are given. Yeah, yeah. And what do you prefer? Do you prefer kind of knowing what's going to happen or do you prefer being on the fly and kind of letting your creative juices flow? You know, the, the analyst in me says structure, yeah. yes. But the, the creative in me says, no, just you know, see what happens out there and stuff like that. So I think for TV, I like more of a structure (laughs) and maybe for the independence, I like a little more creativity. I would say that's probably where I kind of line up. 
Yeah. Is it fair to say that kind of this independent circuits, that type of stuff is probably where you're going to find a lot more of the whatever you feel like doing aspect than, you know, these really large companies are on TV. I assume they've got a storyline planned out five episodes ahead. So there's not a lot of, you know, doing things on the fly. Is that safe to assume? Yes. Uh, I would say that television is much more, more structured, much more scripted than the independent scene. So I I guess what I want to ask you now is you're talking about kind of how you're relatively shy in your, in your, you know, personal life that you're, you know, in data analytics, which is, is kind of a very, I mean, I would say a lot of people there are very kind of, well, definitely analytical, but sometimes a little introverted. That's not everybody. That's a huge stereotype, but I just wonder, is this something that you're very open about that you do is, do you have people that are just shocked when they realize what you, what, what you do on your off time? What's that look like? Um, I would say at my job, it, it varies. So I just went to a new team, so none of them know. <laughs> I haven't had the guts to tell them yet, but my previous team, they knew and they were really excited about it. But it kind of varies because, like you said, you never know what somebody's reaction is going to be to it. Um, I know that um, my extended family, when I kind of first told them the reaction wasn't great, but now that I've found a little success, that reaction has kind of changed. So that might... um I might not be getting everybody's complete perception nowadays because, you know, they're like, oh, you're on TV. And I'm like, yeah, but you didn't, you know, feel the same way when I was wrestling, you know, at the the local festival or something like that. But I I generally don't tell a lot of people just because I don't know. It's it's still that weird thing of wrestling kind of has that stigma around it of like, oh, you like wrestling? So... it's, I don't know. It's a very scary thing to admit. <laughs> is that crazy to say? Yeah, that I feel like that is quite, would be quite the shocker for people if you don't tell them and you're that. Yeah, I can't, I can't imagine that. So I'm sure you, you've created a lot of shocked people at, at one point or another. So <laughs> I want to ask you now about, I guess, how, how far does this extend? Are you, do you work full time in an office? Because I know you mentioned about, you know, kind of a, life on the road aspect how do you juggle a, you know a, a full-time role and then also if you're traveling a lot for this this thing uh it's it's very hard i kind of work in a hybrid environment now um you know a- after covid is so it's very much a you have to you don't have a personal outside of wrestling uh, experience. Uh, you know, you don't get to go hang out with your friends on the weekends. You don't get to go to that concert on the weekends. You're, you're working on the weekends, you're wrestling on the weekends, or you're in the car. Most of the time it's it's traveling to the show. It's the, it's the plane there. Um, so it's very much work, training, gym, wrestling, Mm -hmm. and it is hard to juggle. Um, most of my supposed, you know, PTO days, supposed to enjoy them for vacation, all used for wrestling events. You know, if, if you have to get in a day early, um, if you have to, I'm about to have a, a, a taping come up for television, I'll have to be gone for a whole week. You know, mm. most people at my job assume, oh, she's going on vacation. No, I'm going to work. <laughs> mm. uh, it's fun work, but it's, it's definitely, it takes a toll on, I would say, you know, everybody wants that kind of, some of that downtime or some of that, 
okay, let me take a, a chance to breathe. And, you know, with any passion, I, I'm assuming any kind of thing you're trying to chase after, it does take a lot out of you. And it definitely, definitely does. Yeah, you're talking about chasing a passion. What's, what's the ultimate goal? You know, there's, there's plenty of people that are like, I, you know, I like my day job. I like this kind of side hustle thing. And I'm, I'm good where I'm at is, is, are you where you want to be? Or do you have bigger, bigger dreams, bigger aspirations? You know, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. That's something that I've been pondering a lot for this past year. Uh, I've been really thinking about it. I think the ultimate goal is always still to, to get a contract to where you don't have to do anything else besides, you know, wrestling as your main job, but it's very hard to do that. You know, there's very few people who get to do that. Um, so I'm also very much a, a realist in that aspect. And I think I have been considering a lot more of those things recently coming into, I know I've been doing this for five, five or six years now. Um, how much further can you go and stuff like that? But at the end of the day, I, I don't really know. I'm kind of in the mode now of where the journey takes me next. I never even thought I would get to a match. You know, when I signed up, I was just like, let me try this. Let me see if I even enjoy it. Mm -hmm. So getting to this point is just a very honoring and humbling experience. And I don't know where it will lead next, but hopefully to some more exciting adventures. Absolutely. And you can't discount what you, you've done already. You've done, I think, a lot more than than a lot of people in in, in the profession. So I think that's that's awesome. So how can people, just in wrapping this up, how can people find you online? How can they see you the next place that uh, that you're going to be and all that kind of fun stuff? Yeah. So the uh, the easiest way to, to find and follow me is either on Twitter or uh, Instagram, uh, or I guess it's X now, but uh, on, on those platforms under at WrestleKate, just like that, WrestleKate. I got you. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you. I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much, Jackson. So that was Killer Kate. That was Catherine Smith. Really, really appreciated her time. I learned a ton. Like I mentioned, wrestling is not something that I have been, you know, a big fan of for the last 20 years. I definitely was as a kid, sneaking watching wrestling with my friends and changing the channel when you and our parents walked through. Um, I, I was thinking about this too after this interview where I remember distinctly my, my mom not wanting me to watch wrestling, but then I also remember having a Nintendo 64 and having a wrestling game and, and knowing some cheat codes. So I don't know where that lines up, where I had a game where I, I did um, WCW wrestling on the Nintendo 64, but also not being able to watch it. So I feel like there must have been a sweet spot somewhere in the middle there where I was allowed to watch it and I was allowed to have the game. But... Uh, yeah, so obviously we're talking Nintendo 64, so been a long time since I knew anything about wrestling, so really, really appreciate Catherine's time today, just learning about somebody on the independent circuit, somebody on a television program. She was able to cover both of those worlds. I am going to have another person on from the wrestling world uh, in a few weeks. That person is just getting started. She has an entirely different story where she kind of got famous as a a young person as a super fan uh so i uh, i urge you to uh, listen to that one too if you're a wrestling fan and you found this episode because of that there will be at least one more wrestling episode urge you to check out other episodes there's been so many amazing people on so many other people with 
really, really cool professions, uh, really, really interesting stories, inspiring stories, uh, powerful, meaningful stories. I think that you'll enjoy those. Go check out uh, Kayla Kate. Go check out all things Catherine Smith. The links to her information will be in the show notes. If this is your first time listening to this podcast or uh, you want to make sure that you're able to to follow along with that next wrestling episode, urge you to follow along on Not Enough Podcast on Instagram, jacksonf.com, Not Enough with Jackson Huff. On Facebook, a lot of places there. Leave that five-star rating on Apple and Spotify. Leave that written review on Apple. Even more amazing. But if you do nothing else, catch us next week. Take it away, Chris. This has been Not in a Huff with Jackson Huff. Thank you for listening. Be sure to join us next time where we will interview another amazing guest who is sure to make you laugh or make you think, or hey, maybe even both. But until then, keep being awesome.